0: And that with that trust comes the the idea and the concept of you don't know what's going to happen next, but we got to trust Him. Nevertheless, nevertheless, we got to trust Him today. we got to believe that God is in control and in charge because if He's not, we're all in trouble. Amen. And we're in trouble in so many ways, I can't mention them all, but God is in control and He is in charge and He is... He is the God of all gods, the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords. The little sign in the Japanese churches that says, Oh no, shoe no shoe. He's King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is He is my everything. Amen. If I don't if I can't trust him implicitly, then who can you trust? Amen. Because man's gonna let you down. Amen. Men, humans are gonna let you down. Amen, but God will never let you down. Amen. He loves us today. And we love him because he first loved us and gave himself for us. Amen. I want him to know I love him today. Don't you? Amen. I want him to know I trust him today. Amen. Amen. So this month we've been talking about the gift of God, the gift of God. And we we. uh we come to the conclusion that the gift of God that that Paul was talking about when he told Timothy to stir up that gift that was in him, we, we determined by Scripture that that gift was the gift of grace, of God's empowerment, of God's uh, operating through us and through Timothy. And and so we're going to just continue in that vein. We've talked about uh, s- several things in this, and we're, and we're just going to go ahead and read um, Second Timothy 1 and 7 this morning, just Second Timothy 1 and 7, we're not going to read the whole uh, 1 through uh, 7, we're just going to read verse 7, and verse 7 says this, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, but He's given us the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so we've talked about uh, these these four things this month we've talked about that spirit of fear that spirit of timidity that spirit of fearfulness, and that's what that's that's what that word fear means. It's it's a it's a timidity it's a it's a hesitation, amen. And it really kind of indicates a lack of trust in God if you ask me. If you're timid, if you're fearful, if you're if you're hesitant to do what God's telling you, you're not trusting God that He knows what He's telling you to do, and that He's going to be with you when you go do whatever it is He's asking you to do, or say whatever it is He's asking you to say. We've got to trust Him implicitly. Paul had to trust God. What other choice did he have? (laughs) He was blind, and he he had heard a voice. And that voice said to him, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. I mean, that would have let me know right there that somebody not only knows who I am and what it is I'm doing and who it is I'm doing it to, but he probably knows all the rest of my business. And so Paul, what did he do? He, they took him to a place and he just, he didn't eat for three days. That's what I would have done. I would have I don't know what I would have done. To be honest with you. But I would have been, at least for sure, I would have been, as a, as a now blind man, I would have been meditating and thinking about a lot of things. Maybe going over a lot of things. You know, your, your life flashes before your eyes. Right? It really does. Everything that I thought what I was doing, that I thought I was doing right, now he's questioning everything. Because this Jesus that he was persecuting stopped him on the road and said, Hey, what are you doing? Right. I got something for you to do that's way beyond what you're you're doing right now. Amen. And so Paul is now, you know, Paul had to learn this. Paul had to receive a lot of teaching from the Holy Ghost. He had to receive a lot of teaching. He had to get a lot of He had to do a lot of catching up. And so Paul is now passing this on to Timothy, and he's telling Timothy these things because now he's passing the reins, he's passing the baton, if you will, to Timothy. And so he's telling him, God God has not, if you have a, he's telling Timothy, if you have a spirit of fearfulness and timidity, God didn't give you that. Better check that at the door. That's not from God. God's given you a spirit of fearlessness, Timothy. He's given you a spirit of boldness in the holy ghost. Paul knows what he's talking about. God used that boldness and that 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 attitude of Paul's and for the gospel's sake and Paul everywhere he went, every town he went into, what was the first thing he did? He went to the synagogue. He was going right he was going for the Jews. He was trying to reach them and say, "Hey guys, I know y'all all know me." Something happened to me. Let me tell you about it. And you need this as bad as I do. Probably worse. I'm just putting words in Paul's mouth, but I just imagine what I would say if I was him. And so, eventually, Paul was turned to the Gentiles because the Jews, all they wanted to do was just put him out. And just snuff him out. And so... Paul is passing this baton on to Timothy, and he's he's given him some words of encouragement. And it's it's not things, I don't believe it's things that Paul hasn't said to him before already. Because in, in that scripture, in 1 through 7, it, he talks to Timothy about bringing some things to his remembrance. And so Timothy has been following him around. So I'm sure just like when the disciples followed Jesus around, they heard him say a lot of things over and over and over again. Right? so Timothy is being reminded of some things here, that he's got some power. And that's what he says next. He says, but of power, God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power, of a supernatural power through the operation of his spirit. And that's that's what we have, isn't it? God's spirit operates through us as we are submitted to his will in our life. Right? We can't just go, go running around using the Holy Ghost any way we want you believe that? Because we'll we'll do like some of those disciples. We'll misuse it. They wanted to call fire down on some people. Right? And so we have to listen to the voice of God. We've got to listen to the Holy Ghost leading us and guiding us. And, and when he tells us to do something, he's going to give us the authority and the power to do it. And that's what he's telling Timothy here. And it's all going to be according to his will, his plan, and his purpose. And that's what we've got to shoot for is... God, what is your will? What is your plan? What is your? How do you want me to do this? Trust me, He'll tell you. And we talked about, and He's got God has given us through this spirit, through this power that He's given us a, a, a spirit of love. We talked about His agape love and His unconditional love, that love that that goes that, that extends beyond anything that the human mind can understand or imagine, because it's not in us to love people, in our human nature. But in our God nature, it is. Because we talked about that the the Bible says that the love of Jesus Christ is shed abroad in our hearts. Shed abroad means given out. We we pour it out. Shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. That's what Jesus did, wasn't it? He went about loving people. He went about shedding abroad the love of God to everybody he'd come in contact with, even the ones that hated him, especially the ones that wanted to do him in and hate him. He loved them. He loved them enough to tell them some things they maybe didn't want to hear. Right? Anybody ever tried to reach somebody and sometimes you just got to tell them something that maybe they don't want to hear? And then down the road, they're thanking you? I know you didn't. I know you were you were trying to just love on me and, and save me and I didn't understand it then. But now I understand it. Thank you for saying that. Right? As long as God sent you to say that. And so we talked about that love. And then so the last thing that Paul said before he moved on to another subject was, And of a sound mind. God's given us a spirit of a sound mind. Well, what does that mean? Well, we're going to talk about that today. 2 Timothy one seven in the Amplified says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and and it says, of sound judgment and personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. I like that. That's, that's, the Amplified is really literally the Greek, the literal Greek of what the King James is saying. And so that, that's really what he's saying. A, a, a spirit of sound mind is a spirit of sound judgment and, and personal discipline. So you mean we have to discipline ourselves, right, in the Holy Ghost? <laughs> I, I get hung up on that word self-discipline and self-control sometimes, and it's just me. But I, I wasn't doing a real good job of exercising very much self-control before I came to know Jesus, before I received the Holy Ghost. I needed somebody to help me with my self-control. I was not doing a very good job. Otherwise, I wouldn't have needed to come to an altar and repent, would I? Amen. And so you got to understand when you read this that Paul and Timothy and all these are talking about something that God is working in us. We talked about what that grace was, right? That God's, God is working in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. We've got to let him work. We got to be willing to listen to God and not listen to our own ideas and our own mind. We have got to let God lead us, and so that word "sound mind" in the Olive Tree Enhanced Dick- Strong's Dictionary says it's uh, it's an admonishing or a calling of soundness, calling to soundness of mind, to moderation and self-control. God has given us His Spirit of a sound mind, and when I you know when I think of that the idea of self-control. The the scripture in John 15 and 5 comes to my mind. And what does that scripture say? Jesus is saying to the disciples, what is he saying? I'm the vine. You're the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. You can't accomplish one thing without him. You might accomplish a lot in the world, but you really can't accomplish anything for the kingdom without Him, right? And so that's what that's what comes to my mind. That word "sound mind" in the complete word study Bible dictionary is the same Greek word uh, that is referred to in the Olive Tree Enhanced Strong's Dictionary, and it's it includes the idea of sound judgment, discernment, and sensible conclusions, right? We're thinking with the mind of Christ now, now that we have the Holy Ghost, now that we've been baptized in Jesus' name, right? We're, we have the mind of Christ. That's what we're striving for. And so everything that we think about, everything that we we, we mull over in our mind is all based on what would God say, what would God do, what would, what does His Word say, how, does he, how would He want me to do it, not, not how would I want to do it, right? We can come up with some great ideas. I'm not saying we can't. But we need to do things God's way because that's, that's what the whole purpose of, of me coming to him and salvation and submitting my life to him. And, and Paul, you know, was told, he said, you're going to do some things. You're going to be doing some things that, that I'm going to tell you about. And, and I'm going to have to send some things in your life to help keep you humble because of the revelation that you're going to receive. Paul's going to have to learn to exercise some self-control. Amen to have a sound mind. He's, he's he's really given Timothy a lot of wisdom here because he knows that Timothy's going to have to carry this on once Paul is gone. And then he knows that one day Timothy's going to get old and he's going to have to, in the process of time, pass this on to other people. Romans 12 and 6 says, Having then gifts differing, or gifts, you could say differing gifts, And one translation says, Varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely ours. So having gifts differing according to the grace or the empowerment that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of our faith. So we've all been given different gifts. We all have different abilities that God is wanting to use in and through us. And that word gifts in that scripture, as I was reading through this and studying this, that that word gifts says having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us so according to his grace he gives us gifts why for his purpose right not so that we can flaunt them and and show everybody how spiritual we are and that word gifts in the in the complete word study bible dictionary it's uh, the word charisma anybody ever heard that word before that's that word gifts Charisma, right? There's a magazine out there called Charisma, Christian magazine. And it's the definition in here says it's a gift of grace, an undeserved benefit. The suffix ma in charisma indicates the result of or the effect or the outcome of grace in operation in us. The effect of God's grace in operation in us. That's the gift. It's not us. It's God's gift in operation in us, right? In the New Testament, used only of gifts, graces imparted from God, which include deliverance from peril, 2 Corinthians 1.11, the, the gift of self-control, 1 Corinthians 7 and 7, gifts of cr- Christian knowledge, cons- consolation, confidence, Romans 1.11, 1 Corinthians 1 and 7, redemption, salvation through Christ. So it's all about God operating through us. The Apostle Paul talked about what the idea of self-control and self-discipline was, actually, in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians 9 and 27 says, But I keep under my, or I mortify my body. Paul says, I keep under my body. And I bring it into subjection, or servitude, or bondage, lest that end by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway he keeps under his body. He Paul said somewhere else in the New Testament that he said I die daily. And so he said lest it by any means when I have preached to others that I should become a castaway or a, or disapproved or worthless. So it's not going to do Paul a lot of good to not have a disciplined life in a in a life of self-control in the Holy Ghost and then go out and try to preach to other people, and they're going to look at his life and go, well, his life doesn't match what he's preaching. Right? So it is is it it is important that our life, our, the discipline that we have in our life towards the things of God, the discipline of, of the simple things like reading our Bible but and prayer and all these things, but the, the daily discipline of walking with him is going to make a big difference. People are going to notice the difference before you ever open your mouth. Is that true? They're going to know there's a difference. They're going to feel something. They're going to feel that Holy Ghost because it's like heat coming off of a light bulb. They're going to feel that. If you're walking in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, if you're just spending time with the Lord, it's just gonna you're gonna have a glow on you. Okay? Titus 2 11 and 12 says, For the grace that God of God bringing salvation that hath appeared or had been manifested to all men, teaching us, so the grace of God is teaching us, what he says, right? That denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. God's grace, we talked about already, is exercising divine influence and empowering believers to accomplish his will. And we've got to let him do that, don't we? That's another exercise in self-discipline. We have to be willing to bury our ideas and die to self, die to my, what I want to do and how I want to do it, and let God lead us. How do you think those disciples did that in the New Testament? How do you think Paul's ministry and Peter's ministry and all these people's ministry were so successful? It wasn't them. That's why it was so successful. He just gave up. And Paul went where God told him to go. And Paul said what God told him to say. Nothing more, nothing less. That Those words teaching us in the Complete Word Study Bible Dictionary, uh, it says this, originally to bring up a child, to educate, used of a activity directed toward moral and spiritual... Nurture and training of a child to influence conscious will and action to instruct, particularly of a, a child or youth. Goes on to say to instruct by chastisement, to correct, to chastise. In religious sense, to chastise for the purpose of educating someone to conform to divine truth. Does God have to chastise us sometimes when we don't want to listen But we don't ever do that. (laughs) We don't ever not listen to God and try to go our own way, do we? Of course not. God has to chastise. He has to teach us. Where did Paul get most of his teaching? Really, from the Holy Ghost. Because he had all the education and the head knowledge of the Scriptures. He had all that. He had all that training as a Pharisee. He had all that. So where, where did he learn by submitting himself? He learned by submitting himself. He learned by submitting himself. He learned by exercising Holy Ghost self-control and listening to God. From day one, really. Really, from day one of his calling. That word teaching uh, there in, in that same scripture in the uh, Jameson, Frost and Brown commentary says this. Uh, that greek word it says disciplining us grace exercises discipline and is imparted in connection with disciplining chastisements the education which the christian received from the grace of god is the discipline often trying trying to the flesh and blood just as children need disciplining the discipline which it, God's grace, exercises, teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts and to live soberly, righteously, and godly in a present world or the present age where such discipline is needed, seeing that it, the flesh, is opposed to God. Doesn't Paul talk about that in the book of Romans somewhere? That our flesh, the, the flesh and the spirit, that are contrary to one another? are. They are. Our flesh don't want to do what God tells us that he wants us to do. Our flesh wants to push back, and we want to do what we want to do. Right? And Paul did say that, that the flesh and the spirit are contrary to one another. And so we need God in our life to help us have a sound mind. I'm, I'm going to say this. I can't have a sound mind without God in my life. I can't. I might fool myself and lie to myself and say I can, but I really can't. And nobody out there that doesn't that anybody out there that doesn't have God in their life, you really can't really totally have a sound mind like you want to. Because God has got so much for us if we just submit ourselves to Him. There I mean, you know, God just shows us stuff sometimes that just blows our minds. And if we had never submitted to God, if we had never Learn to exercise ourselves unto godliness. He would have never trusted us to show us those those revelations and those things, because he has to be able to trust us with that knowledge and that wisdom. That's why he sent those things to Paul in his life, didn't didn't he? Paul didn't Paul say that that he tried he tried to get God to take those things out of his life, and he prayed three times. And what did God say? No, you need that. Paul because of the great revelations that you're going to receive I need you to stay humble. And really, if you think about it, it was so that Paul would stay saved. <laughs> you know, Demas was one of those guys that I believe that was just like Timothy. He was being nurtured and brought up by Paul and what what did the Bible say that he having loved this present world. And I'm and I'm sure that Paul probably tried to Tried every way he could to get Demas to not do that, right? But Demas, you don't want to do that. Demas, Demas, listen to me. But Demas wouldn't listen. Demas wanted to go his own way, right? If Demas backslid, that was Demas's fault. Can't blame the devil, right? Devil's gonna, he's gonna allow the devil to tempt us, right? We have to make a decision. No. I'm serving the Lord. That's not of God. Get out of here. So the ministry that Timothy was being sent to accomplish, to perform and to manifest, was anything but a cakewalk then. Because he was dealing with people. He would end up facing persecution just like Paul did. He would be challenged by false teachers and apostasy in the church and out of the church, just like Paul did. And Timothy knew all of this, and Paul knew all of this. But Tim, Paul's bringing all this stuff back around to Timothy as he's getting ready to hand things off to him. He's reminding him. And he said, now remember all these things, Timothy. Paul was encouraging him to exercise the same sound judgment that God had gifted him with. He was saying, Timothy, use the sound judgment that God's given you in the Holy Ghost. Before you do anything, pray about it. Before you say anything, pray about it, Timothy. You're going to be dealing with all kinds of stuff. You know, those people that are, those, those apostates and all those false teachers, they're souls too, Timothy. So you've got to be careful. That's a soul. That's an individual that needs salvation and that needs repentance or whatever it is that they need, and they're just, they're lost. They've lost their way. And so we've got to be careful that we don't damn and condemn them to hell, Timothy. And so he's telling him all these things. You know, Paul wrote in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 about equipping ourselves, right, with with the whole armor of God. He he talked about being strong in in the power of the Lord, didn't he? Not in our own power, not in our own intellect, not in our own strength. We don't have the strength. We don't have what it takes. we got to have the Holy Ghost. That's why he told, told and he, I'm sure he probably told this to Timothy too. He said, put on the whole armor of God. Not your own armor, Timothy. Don't do it your own way, Timothy. Put on God's armor. Let God have control. Let God do the battle for you. Yes, go, you have to go pray, Timothy. Yes, you have to go intercede and travail, but God's going to do, he's going to win the battle. The flesh can't do it. You can't defeat the enemy by your flesh. Can you? Nope. Not by your intellect. Not by how smart you are. Not by how witty you are. None of that. He's an angel of light. You might not even know it's him that's messing around with you in your head. And so you got to be wary of that. Amen? You know, the... the, the the closer you walk with Jesus, the more you look like him, act like him, think like him, right? You can tell a child is a product of their parents. All you got to do is listen to them, right? They, they, I'll never forget the day that I just I almost went down running down the middle of the street screaming when I said something that sounded just like my dad, and I had swore I'd never ever sound like him. <laughs> No, because it was when I had kids. I sound like my dad. ah. Well, I want to sound like my dad. I want people when they hear me, they don't hear me. They hear Jesus talking. Amen. That's what Paul's telling Timothy. And in verse 18, he talks about really the culmination of all the armor is praying with all prayer. And supplication for all saints. And watching thereunto, unto all perseverance and supplication for all saints, right? That's what it's all about. The Amplified says, With all prayer and petition, pray with specific requests at all times, on every occasion, and in every season, in the Spirit. And with this view, stay alert with all perseverance and and petition, interceding in prayer for all God's people. I mean, Paul would... Timothy was taking on a monumental task. I'll admit that. And some of us would just shy away from that. Be like Brother Parker being voted in as general superintendent of the UPCI. you would be like, I don't know if I can do that. No, you can't. Like I heard one preacher say, God's not going to ask you to do stuff that he knows you can do. What what does he gain from that? He wants to ask you to do stuff that you go, it's impossible. So that he can say, yeah, I know. That's why I'm asking you to do it and then trust me to do it through you. Now that's some self-discipline right there. To not insert ourselves and not stick our hand in and put our hand on the wheel and try to drive, right? That old song, Jesus, take the wheel. Once you let him have the wheel, just let him have it. Don't try to take it back. Ever had try two people grab a steering wheel in a car at the same time? <laughs> There's a wreck ensuing. Right? Get your hand off the wheel. I got this. Jesus is not going to do that. <laughs> He's going to let you put your hand back on the wheel. And then it's going to be your fault when it all turns into a mess. Timothy, like us today, was going... To be battling some things. Do we battle some things every day? Every day. I don't go looking for it. <laughs> it comes looking for me. But I got you know, Paul talked about the the battles within and the battles without. That's what he was telling Timothy. You're gonna battle some things, Timothy, in your own spirit. You're gonna battle some things from the out that are gonna come in from the outside and push inward. Because <clears throat> you're dealing with human leadership and and everybody's different attitudes, and everybody's different personalities, and stuff's going to happen when you mix all that together, isn't it? It is. Paul knew this and all too well. Paul was telling Timothy to be prepared for battle. Teachers and mentors tend to repeat things to those that they are teaching and for the benefit of learning. Is that true? I don't know who said it. But all my instructors in the military said it. Repetition is the essence of learning. Repetition is the essence of learning. Repetition is the essence of learning. And I can remember in the church in Okinawa, there would be Brother Dennis would preach and somebody else would preach and we'd go for weeks and it'd be like everybody's preaching the same subject, almost like the pastor gave everybody this same subject to preach on, only he didn't. But God was dealing with each one of those men, and they all brought it from a different light, from a different perspective, from a different aspect, and they were all, God, God was trying to get a point across, and apparently somebody wasn't getting it, so he had to keep bringing it. So you'll find that sometimes. God will keep repeating himself over and over again about stuff, and you're like, when is he going to preach on something else? Right? And, Okay. Why do I keep going through this same trial over and over again? Anybody ever asked themselves that? <laughs> well, maybe because you're not learning the lesson, right? You think God would do that? He loves us. We will not just let our child just keep going the wrong way, would we? We try to keep disciplining them and... and just like we just read, disciplining them and trying to, to chastise them and bring them around to that place where they go, oh, okay, I need to comply. Comply, no pain. noncompliance, pain. Right? We sort of equate one with the other, right? In ancient Greece, Aristotle commented that the role of repetition in learning by saying it is frequent repetition that produces natural tendency. You know, you keep coming to church over and over again after you've come to the church and you've received the Holy Ghost, you've been baptized in Jesus' name, and you keep hearing that word preached over and over and over again. You keep hearing the same principles talked about over and over and over again, and finally it starts to click after a while. And you start going, okay. And you start applying those things to your life, and then God gives you more, and then God gives you more, just like a child growing from a, from a little snot-nosed brat to, to an adult they lay some things down along the way don't they and we have to lay some things down along the way we have to and it's all about discipline we that, that individual has to decide i'm laying down those childish things i'm not doing that anymore you can beat them until you're blue in the face and they're blue in the face but if they don't decide they were going to lay that down they're not going to lay it down 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5 says, And I, brother, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or, or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. You have to realize this is Paul talking, and he's, he's a very educated man. He's got a lot of degrees, and he's, he's, got, he's studied in the best schools, and, and he's, he knows the scriptures and he he was a Pharisee, and so he's very educated and so this is a very humbling place for Paul to be in he said, and I was in the I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom or human intellect, but in demonstration of the spirit capital s spirit, the spirit of God, and power. so what I'm doing, Paul is saying to to the church there, and and I'm sure that he said this over and over. And as we discussed earlier, Timothy was probably around Paul through a lot of this. And so he was getting this over and over again, that repetition of hearing this stuff over and over again. And, and Timothy had to understand and realize that it doesn't matter if your grandmother and your mother were raised in church. It doesn't matter if, if you have this pedigree, Timothy. It doesn't matter. You've got to trust God just like Paul did. All of those external things are great, but when it all comes down to push, come, to shove, Timothy, you're going to have to put your trust in God. You're going to have to put his armor on and trust him, Timothy, to give you not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of fearlessness, not a spirit of, to give you a spirit of love and of power and of this sound mind that we're talking about. Amen. And Paul goes on in verse 5 in that scripture and says that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, that you, that you shouldn't trust in the wisdom of men, not in how smart I am, not in how, how intelligent I am, not in how many degrees I have and how well I can speak and, or, and be in oratory, but by the power of God. But in the power of God. i can, I got to trust in the power of God because there was nothing in this world that could save me but the power of God. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5 in the Amplified says, And when I came to you, brothers and sisters, proclaiming to you the testimony of God concerning the salvation through Christ, I did not come to you with superiority of speech or of wisdom, not lofty words of eloquence or of philosophy as a Greek orator might do. For I made the decision to know nothing, that is, to forego philosophical and theological discussions regarding inconsequential things and opinions, while among you, except Jesus Christ and Him crucified, and the meaning of His redemptive, substitutionary death, and His resurrection, I came to you in a state of weakness and fear and great trembling. Sort of like the attitude we need to, to have when it comes to handling the things of God. I, I hesitate sometimes up here. I don't. I don't know if I should say. I'm. I'm sort of asking God in the back of my mind. <laughs> You sure you want me to say because <laughs> I know the words that come out of my mouth through this microphone are going out there and they're going in the ears of somebody that's listening and I don't ever want to say words and I believe this is how Paul felt. I don't ever want to say anything that's out of Vince's intellect. I want it to be from God. I want God to be the one ministering. I want God's spirit to be the thing that's moving upon me to say the things that i'm saying i don't ever want to be guilty of saying something that's going to lead somebody in the wrong direction just because i wanted to sound intellectual okay i'm not apologizing i'm just saying it's important you think about those men they had no bible they had no you know no computer they couldn't print notes out they had to trust God was talking to their mind, and they had to repeat what God was saying and know that that was God saying it and not them. It was amazing. The growth of the body of Christ was not dependent upon certain special chosen people to lead it, but the things that Paul was passing on to Timothy had been passed on to him by his teachers, but especially by the Holy Ghost. 2 Timothy 2 and 2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses... He's talking to Timothy, right? This is part of the letter, right? He's telling Timothy, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, there was was a lot of people around when I was telling you this stuff, Timothy. The same commit thou to faithful men, so who shall be able to teach others also? So it's a process, isn't it? Paul was brought into the church, and he was taught. And then he brought men like Titus and Timothy and others into the church, and he taught them. And he released them into ministry. He released And there was others. We just read about Timothy, but there were many, many others that Paul had a hand on and released into ministry. You know, if the, if the books were written of all the things that happened, there wouldn't be enough places to put all the books, right? Isn't that what the Word says? And so we're just getting the, you know, the, just the, the bits and pieces here. And so Paul is, is saying this. He says, the same commit thou to faithful men. Timothy, don't keep this to yourself. Commit this to faithful men that they may teach others also. You're going to have to not only teach them what this word says. You're not only going to have to teach them these principles, but you're going to have to teach them how to teach somebody else. And then you're going to have to, Timothy, release them just like I'm releasing you to go teach. And it's a perpetual thing, isn't it? And that's still happening today, isn't it? And all with those things, we got to have that spirit of fearlessness, that spirit of love, and of power, and that spirit of a sound mind, don't we? We should have the same urgency that they did on the day of Pentecost. You know, those people, once they received the baptism, those 3,000 that were added to the church that day, they immediately went out. No hesitation, no waiting, no no you got to go through this training course, none of that. They had a training course. <laughs> right? They they were baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, and they immediately went out. Who was leading them? Somebody say it. Who was leading them? The Holy Ghost. Because what does it say? It says at the very end of Acts chapter 2, what does it say? The last sentence. And the... Uh, Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved or such a such one's translation says such as were being saved. So you mean I'm I'm saving somebody technically. Yeah, you're not saving them, but by speaking to them and ministering to them and sharing the gospel with them and leaving them a scripture and just loving on them. Yes, in a sense, you are saving their soul. You're leading them to God, aren't you? So you couldn't say in a sense that you're saving them. The only way that any of that stuff happened in the New Testament church was by the power of the Holy Ghost, was it not? And that's what Paul was telling Timothy. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but he's given you power in those gifts that he's given you to do all of these things, to have love. And a sound mind and power and all these things that you need. All these things that we need today as the church, as the body of Christ. This year and in 2021, we don't have any clue what's coming. But I tell you you one thing we do know that's coming. There's going to be a great harvest. And then there's going to be a catching away. And I'm not waiting. I want to be in the catching away. Don't get me wrong. But I want to be in a, a, a part of that harvest. I want to. I want to be have my hands on the plow somewhere. Don't you? I want because God is not. I, I, this has been said over and over and over by so many preachers. I can't even name them all. Don't even know half of them. But they've all said the same thing. There's going to be a revival that's going to and a harvest that's going to be so great that no man's going to be able to take credit for it. We're not going to have room in our buildings for it. Wherever my part is, however small it is, I want to be a part of that. And I want to exercise these things that Paul gave to Timothy. Don't you? Father, we love you today and we praise you today. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your grace. We thank you for speaking to us today, ministering to our mind and our spirit, Lord, that we would take these words that have come from you, Father, and that we would take them into our spirit, consider them, Lord, to chew on them, O God, to go back into your word and look at it again, Father, and see what your word says to us, and that we would listen and follow exactly what you would have us to do for your glory and for your kingdom today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed or you're released, I guess was the word. You said dismissed in a military service, they'd all go home. You're released until 2050.